Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. All right, team. Lots happening around here. I am so excited that one of the things happening is IF Gathering, March 4th and 5th. And my favorite part about that is that we get to gather with women all over planet Earth, all over it. There are women, over 3,000 events being hosted, and we do not want you to miss it. There might be an event happening right down the street from you, and if there isn't, we would say, you host it. You bring together your people in your living room and let us help you host an incredible conversation for two days about what God wants to do on earth through us. We need some inspiration right now. Like we cannot wait. Our team knows the details of what will be brought to life for those two days. And let me just tell you, we are giddy about it. Sometimes my job feels scary or hard or pressure filled or or a little bit of just, ah, how's that gonna work? Not when it comes to these two days, because these two days are the highlight of my year. All of these people gathering from around the world, all of the most incredible content you can imagine being placed in your hands, in your living room, wherever you are. Guys, you need this. I'm gonna say it, matter of fact, you're gonna go sign up right now because you need this. Ifgathering.com, that's where you go and you sign up. I recommend, you can sign up for yourself, just you, great. We've got that option, but I recommend you sign up to host in your living room, a handful of friends. It is not too late and it is worth it. You will never, ever regret doing this. Those two days will bless your lives. We are so grateful you are part of this family and we don't want you to miss this. So here's a little taste right now to get you pumped for IF 2022. Catherine Wolf and I have the distinct privilege of getting to interview Johnny Erickson Tata today. She is one of my heroes, oh, of the faith in this world. And, and, and she's a mentor and a friend. And I cannot tell you what joy it is to get to share this moment with all of you. With no further ado, Johnny Erickson Tada is here. Johnny, I I really would love for you to tell the If Gathering audience just a moment of your story. Well, um, when I was 17 years old, I was an athlete, um, really loved being in the outdoors, went swimming one summer afternoon, right after high school graduation, took a stupid dive into shallow water, and that broke my neck and uh, severed my spinal cord. And so I'm left without use of my hands my legs. I've been in a wheelchair for decades and it ain't been easy, Catherine, and you could probably agree. Right. And I do not remotely pretend to fully understand what all you deal with, but I too have been in a wheelchair since at age 26. I had a massive stroke and nearly died. And I have use of one of my hands. This hand works and a number of health challenges as well. 
And yet, here we are, Johnny, two women in wheelchairs getting to chat about the goodness of God in our stories. And I am yep, yep. just delighted. I am. Let's get to the good stuff, Johnny. My first question for you is similar to your life in a wheelchair. I live my life largely in a wheelchair. And I reject the notion, as I know you do too, that we are wheelchair bound. You hear that a lot, wheelchair bound. Well, I think it's the opposite. I am wheelchair free. The wheelchair is actually what enables me to do my life. So in only an upside down kingdom kind of way, the Lord has really opened my eyes to this is actually an agent of my freedom. Share any memory, any moment you have in your wheelchair in these last almost 54 years you've spent in yours that where do you see your freedom agent taking you these days or where has it taken you? There have been so many things that my wheelchair, so many people I've met because of it, so many places I've been able to go. I mean, I remember once being in Athens, Greece, and I found a bunch of college kids who were on tour. They carried me up to the top of the Parthenon. Like, hey, but oh I made, you know gosh. what? Eight, eight friends of those college students, and it was unforgettable. So my wheelchair introduces me to a lot of people. I am so with you. The wheelchair is an Asia to me getting to take on the world. And for some reason, God has set me in this thing and it is how I get to showcase his glory in this world. It's a blessing. I imagine, you know, honestly, I will as well. Like short of a miracle, which who knows, who knows what God has, I don't begin to know. I will spend my life in a wheelchair largely. And for many women watching, this is not their story, but they are going to have to steward their wheelchair for their lives. And that's a sobering thought and a freeing thought. And I'd love to hear you speak to that, that what God is calling us to champion and steward is no doubt unique. But what would you say we are to do with these on thorns in our side, so to speak? Well, I love that word, Catherine, you used, steward your suffering. I mean, it basically means girls don't waste it. Don't squander right. it. Don't complain against it. Because God's hardwired this world to include suffering. It's just a, it's just a fact of life. It's part of what it means to be human. You know, I, I, I love that portion of scripture in Acts chapter, chapter nine. It's where um, Jesus is talking to the apostle Paul. And he says, Paul, don't kick against the goads. Uh, and I better explain what a goat is. I looked it up. A farmer, a farmer will use sometimes like a sharp stick to kind of poke into the side of the ox to make the team uh, go in a certain direction. The ox don't like it, but the oxen need guidance. And it's the it's 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 what my my suffering is. It's what uh, the hardships are all about that our friends watching experience. So how do we respond to the goads, the pricks? those things that God brings into our life to push us in a certain direction. Yeah, yeah. Well, and everything give thanks. It says in the Bible, do everything without grumbling. Right. It also says in uh, Philippians chapter two. I mean, Catherine, sometimes I don't feel thankful. Right. But you know what I do when I get like that? I start mouthing. You know, I get my mouth working and I start mouthing words of thankfulness. Right. I, I do something by faith that I don't feel. 
And then as I continue in the practice of expressing gratitude for small things, I mean, look, I can I can flail my arms around. Right. I'm not totally paralyzed. At least I got good shoulder muscles. I can thank God for that. So yeah, as I mouth words of thankfulness, as I mouth those words, I think my spirit then catches up with me, right, right. And, um, and then I end up having this this emotion of thankfulness. It's almost as though God rewarded rewards me for taking that step of faith, and He rewards me with the emotion of thankfulness. And girls, let me just say one more thing. You know, God shares his joy on his own terms. And I don't know why, but those terms call for us to in some measure suffer hardship, just as Jesus did when he walked on earth. And if Jesus learned obedience to the things he suffered, hey, Catherine, you and I, uh, you know, we can like lead the charge, lead the way and help our girlfriends see that don't waste your suffering, don't squander it, Mm -hmm. don't complain against it. Find out what God wants to do in your heart through it. Wouldn't you agree, hon? Oh my gosh, yes. Don't waste your pain. I say it all the time. Our time on earth is so short. So don't waste what God's doing in your life, whether you would have chosen it or not. It's, um, it's a real theme of the Bible. And not just like it's a great, cool idea, but very practically, when you are choosing to engage and rejoice in your own story, it affects how you feel about your story. It's exactly what you're talking about. I call it preaching to your own heart sometimes, and then you got to fake it till you make it. You start saying, <laughs> yes, Lord, Psalm 42.5, why are you downcast over my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Then hope in God, soul, hope in God. And then we see, I will yep. again praise him, my rock and my salvation. That it changes how we feel. Preach it to yourself, Catherine. I'll always, preach it to yourself. I'm always preaching to my own heart because I need it. I need it so much, Johnny. Listen, we have been praying for you and are delighted that you have recovered from COVID, but I'm sure that was a terrifying experience. How are you doing? Well, um, I think my friends can hear that my voice is still a bit strained. I uh, don't have quite the energy uh, that I need, but I'm getting there. Um, my lungs are still a bit fragile, but hey, I'm moving forward into life. I- I'm grabbing this this steer by the horns and I'm wrestling it to the ground and I'm squeezing out of it everything God wants me to learn. I, I do know that through COVID though, I kept hearing Jesus say, Johnny, would you trust me? Whether it means calling you home or having you remain on earth to continue to do my work. Would you believe that I am your ever present help in this? Will you please believe that I'm not gonna leave you or forsake you? Would you please please believe that even this is gonna work together for your good? Will you trust me, Johnny? Mm. And my, my, my answer, Catherine, in the middle of the night when I could barely breathe was, God, I don't think I can do this, but you think I can. So you know what? Where else would I turn? You're the one that's got the words of life. So yes. I'm gonna believe you and, and I'm gonna start mouthing those that thankfulness and I'm gonna trust that you're gonna give me courage, you're gonna give me endurance, you're gonna give me patience and, and, and perseverance. And Catherine, he did, he did, sweetheart, he did. And I, the only summary I can think of of that experience with COVID, because I thought it was a death sentence, was 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. The Lord stood by me and strengthened me. Bingo. That's it. He just, he was there and he strengthened me. And Catherine, I'm glad he did not call me home. I've got several quadriplegic friends who have succumbed 
to COVID, mm. but that I survived tells me that, oh my goodness, God's got work for me to do. You know, God's got yeah. more prayers for me to pray. God's got more smiles for me to offer. Mm -hmm. So I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to keep at it and keep moving forward into life. I love that so much, Johnny. You are an absolute picture of taking what life has given you, what has happened in your life, and saying, you know what? I am going to use where I am right here with all of this and get every single ounce of life and glory that can be given to God through it, out of it. You are an example to me, and I will never forget oh, meeting you in that elevator years ago, shortly after my stroke, with a broken leg after a terrible fall, and feeling like the Lord just wanted to give me a little encouragement through your story to find um, a woman stalled out for him and living so beautifully in a wheelchair on the outside of her body and i would love for you to um as we close take a moment to just encourage so many women watching throughout the world um how they can be a part of stewarding the story god is writing through their lives well maybe our friends watching have not experienced great loss or a stroke or quadriplegia or great pain or tragedy, but I think our friends watching have suffered in other ways, maybe lesser ways, but still yes. they're important, they're critical. And, and my advice to my girlfriends today is, don't ask for more trials to stretch your soul or increase your faith or deepen your walk with Jesus. No, you don't need more trials. Just manage well, steward well, the trials that God's already given you those trials are like a sheep dog. I often say, snapping at your heels, biting and snarling and driving you down the road to Calvary, to the cross, where otherwise you might not be inclined to go were it not for those trials, were it not for that suffering. So whatever it is that's really, whatever it is, just it, let go of it. And tomorrow morning when you wake up, do what I do, do what Catherine does and say, God, I can't do this. But somehow you think I can with your grace. So I'm going to come to you and say, Jesus, I'm empty. Would you please fill me up? I can't do whatever, quote, it is. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I think that, um, Catherine, you would probably give that a double thumbs up, wouldn't you? I give it a double thumbs up, but I cannot help but yeah. think that we will not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, inwardly we are being renewed day after day for our light and momentary trials are achieving for us a glory that cannot be revealed. Therefore, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen, what is unseen, that is eternal. So we're sitting here in this room, all of us, a little teary and moved. And I think what we've been living under as believers is we have been living as if we're getting kicked in the gut. We've been living like we are on the losing side. We've been living like we're the ones that, that are, should be scared. We're the ones that should be afraid. And we've been weak and we've been 
tired and we've been lazy, we've been checked out and we've been addicted to so much crap. And, and here's what I wanna say, and I wanna say it so clearly because it's scripture and I can do that with boldness. For God gave us not a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline. But I have to say that, that as I've prayed about this, as, as I've known this content that's coming, I've known what tonight's gonna be. I've been on my floor. I've been crying. I've been repenting. I do not want to live as if God gave me a spirit of fear because the truth is that isn't from God. Fear isn't from God. It's never from God. Guys, across the earth, we have been shut down by fear. We have, I think most of our anger, most of our, our division, it's all coming from a place of fear. It's the most primal thing about humans that we feel. When a baby's born and it comes out crying, it's not crying because it's mad, it's crying because it's afraid. It's the most primal feeling we feel. And, and if we could just take off all the division and take off all the hate and take off all the confusion and take off all the evil and we just boil it down to what is it that you're afraid of? What are you so afraid of? Do you really know this God? And some of you don't. Some of you don't know. And, and I wanna tell you real quickly that, that this God that we've been talking about, he made himself so known through these scriptures, but he made himself most known through his son coming to earth. Jesus living a perfect life and then dying and paying for our sins so that we could be right with, with him forever. Yeah, we believe in crazy things. We believe in angels and demons and, and forever. We believe in heaven and hell. And we believe in right and wrong. And we believe in a family, a family that, that will be perfect one day. A God that loves us and knows us, chose us, set us apart and called us to him. And the cool thing is he is inviting you to be part of that family right now. If you've never trusted him as savior, this is how you do it. Jesus, I believe you are God. I hear your name and I want to follow you. I believe you are God and I, I believe that your blood paid for my sin. Will you forgive me of, of the sin, of the, the things I've loved more than you? Will you forgive me and help me to follow you? It's that simple. But to all of you that have already prayed that prayer, you prayed it when you were five years old. Why are you living under a spirit of fear? Because that is not the, the spirit that God has given you. It says that he gave us a spirit, the Holy Spirit, full of power, of love, and of self-discipline. The Greek word for that, it, it translates to, to sound mind, which to have that, to have self-discipline, to have a sound mind, we have to know the truth. And I'm gonna say this, as kindly and lovingly as I can, because I know we're all going through a lot here. But church, we are not people that are full of power, love, and truth. Now we might be people that are, that are full of one of those or two of those, but, but if we wanna see what that pastor has seen in Iran and Afghanistan and throughout the Middle East, if we wanna see revival, which I would like to see that, I mean, we're not doing this for our health and we're not doing this to make name for ourselves. All these people back here, they're crying with me. We want to see Jesus's name built. We want to see the kingdom come. We'll be here for a breath. So building our name, that would be the stupidest waste of a life. Stupidest. 
We're not here for any other reason. We wanna see the kingdom of God come. Why on earth are we distracted by everything this world is offering us when everything that is most real is in this book? We have a spirit, power, love, and truth. Why are we not embracing all three? And I believe it is because right now that spirit of fear has swept over the church. And you can look back throughout, throughout the Bible, you can look back throughout history and you can look at generations and you can see if they were defined by, by power and love and, and, and self-control or if they were defined by fear. You can see it in a whole generation. You can see it. What does our generation look like right now? After this year, I don't like it. I want us to get to heaven, having lived what we said we believed, having not been afraid, having held an intention that only the Holy Spirit can do in our lives, the power of God, the love for each other, the love for our enemy, the love for the people that we disagree with, the love for the people that hate us, love and truth. This book, this book that is so dead hard to obey. It is so full of conviction. Every time I open it, it undoes me. Truth, love, and power. Could, <laughs> there's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of, of you watching right now. Like, could we shift the narrative for our generation? Like, could we be about, not ourselves and our fear, but could we be, about our God and his people. Jesus came to earth, he simplified it all down. He said, there's a lot of commandments. Let me, let me say it really clearly. Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. You wanna boil it down, it's not confusing. It's those two things, let's go, let's go. Guys, we are days away from If Gathering. If you have not signed up, it is not too late. March 4th and 5th, it is happening. And the content is going to be insane, crazy good. You do not want to miss it. So go right now, ifgathering.com. In my estimation, I've been a part of every if from the beginning and helped to build what it's going to be. But I will say this, this is going to be the best If Gathering that we have ever had. There are things happening that will change your life. I can't imagine, it's changed ours. Like just planning it and having the conversations that are gonna happen on that stage. You will love it and we do not want you to miss it. So go right now, ifgathering.com, sign up. It is going to blow your mind. talk about medi-cal you have a choice and molina makes it easy so let's talk about making your life easier about extra help to manage your health nobody knows medi-cal better than molina visit meetmolinaca.com let's talk today